morning. There was a, a man who asked a question in, a, in the Psalms. And, and the question he asked, it was a Psalm of David, and he asked, what is man? He was asking God, what is man that you are mindful of him? The son of man that you visit him. You see, the reason why he asked this question was he just couldn't comprehend how a God, mighty God, as mighty as God is, could love a man like him. You know, I often travel and, um, uh, on a plane, and when I'm sitting on the window seat, I just look out at the clouds, the vastness of it, and I ask myself, God, how mighty are you? Have you ever asked yourself that question? It's like, how mighty is God that he would love me? He would love us, that he would know us by name and put a plan in place to save us so that we can spend all eternity with him. What an amazing God he is. What an amazing We are continuing our series on standing firm. And I'm speaking on the power of love. We'll be looking at Ephesians 3, 14 to 21. But let me put some things in context. Paul in this book is addressing a group of believers who are so rich in Christ. But you know, they didn't know it, just like some of us here today. Sometimes we don't really grasp how rich we are in Christ. And he was letting them know that this was God's plan from the foundation of the earth. That God set out a plan so that he can spend all eternity with us, so that we can come into his family. He says to them that they were dead in sin, but God who is so rich in mercy because of the great love in which he loved us, made us alive with Christ. And we are seated together in the heavenly places with Christ. Amen? He explains that this was a mystery that was kept hidden for generations. But now, this mystery has been revealed to the church. It was revealed through him by revelation. And what is this mystery? That we Gentiles, I hope we all know we are Gentiles. If you are not born a Jew, you are a Gentile. That we Gentiles are fellow heirs and members of the same body and partakers of his promises with the Jews through the gospel. And this is what the Jews couldn't accept. We are are the only ones who are loved. We don't want anybody else in this club. We are only the ones who are God's children. But Paul says no. The plan from the foundation of the earth was to include the whole of humanity in this plan. And what was the purpose of this plan, this mystery? The mystery was to educate us on the unsearchable riches in Christ Jesus. We have unsearchable riches. Why was it hidden? It was hidden so that at the right time, 
I love this. That the church would display to principalities and powers in heavens the infinite facet of God's wisdom. Can you imagine that? Can you see our responsibility? That we, the church, are to display to angelic hosts the wisdom of God through what he does through us. Can you see our responsibility? Can you see the responsibility of the church? Can you see why we should stand firm in the things of the kingdom? Can you see why we should identify with this should be our identity? We should know these things so that we can stand firm and again display to principalities and powers and our communities how great our God is. So he prays for us. After revering this mystery, he prays and is a prayer of enablement that we will stand firm in a world that is increasingly saying there is no God. Everybody has a version of their truth. In a world right now that is shattered. Even Christians are fighting among each other about what is going on. You just have to put on the news and you will see. Who is right? Who is wrong? But God is saying to us, irrespective of that, be, find your identity in love. I am still love. My love doesn't change. So I'm going to now read the scripture, the scripture, but please bear with me. I've prepared this in the New King James Version. I'm a New King James babe. I like King James. <laughs> but we do use the NIV in this church. But for this particular message, I've been given special permission to use it. <laughs> so let's read the scripture. This is a prayer of enablement. To enable us to do what? So that we can stand firm. Paul says this, in light of all that God has done from the foundation of the earth and the display of his love, he says, for this reason, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he will grant us, that he will grant you according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through the Spirit in the inner man, that Christ would dwell in our hearts through faith, that God, that you being rooted and grounded in love, sorry, let me say, that Christ would dwell in our hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width, the length, the depth, the height, to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge, that you will be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to whom he is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, to him be glory to the church, in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. And the church said, Amen. 
So the first thing he prays about is strength. He said that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory. According to the riches of his glory. In, in proportion to an endless supply of wisdom, knowledge, and love. To be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. Where is the inner man? The inner man is our heart. That spirit, our human spirit, that's our inner man. That we will be able to stand firm in the discharging of our duty. You know, I have two, uh, three sons, and um, Emeka, Kenechi, and Obina, and they go to the gym. And when they come back from the gym, there's always, they're always in the mirror doing like, Ugh, you know, and you know, the, uh, Emeka will look at Obina and say, no, my muscles are bigger, mm, you know. But that is not the spiritual strength that God is talking about here. Paul is talking about here, that's not it. He's talking about spiritual strength. Spiritual strength that enables us to stand firm. Because when we're strong in the spirit, it opens up communication with God. We begin to hear God more clearly. We begin to be sensitive to the things of the spirit. Because God is spirit and he communicates to us through our spirit. That's why Paul is saying we must be strengthened there. We must be strengthened. Very important. But sometimes we are weakened. Why? Sometimes we are weakened. Why? Because we are distracted and our human spirit grows weak. We don't read the word, so our human spirit grows weak. But when our spirit man is strong, we will be able to overcome temptation. We are able to stand on, we will be able to, to, to withstand persecution. We will be able to stand our ground no matter what is thrown at us, no matter what we see. Because our strength is anchored not in our physical strength, but in God. But our spiritual strength, again, I will repeat, is either strong or weak, depending on how we live our lives. He goes on to say that Christ may dwell in your heart through faith, that you will be rooted and grounded in love. The idea here is that Christ will have a permanent residency in your heart. An unrestricted and unrestricted access to your life. That's what he's saying. Permanent residency. That means he, you, he, he has the preeminence above everything else. And then he has unrestricted access to you. I love, I love what Paul does here because he, he, he exemplifies these things. And I can only think of a verse when he says in Galatians 2.20. Am I cutting off? Galatians 2.20. He says this. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I that live, but Christ that lives in me. The life 
now live in the flesh, I live by Christ who loved me and died for me. That is the kind of thing he's, he's saying here. When Christ has a permanent residency in our heart, we are dead. He takes control. Amen? So are there places in your life that you don't even want God to touch? He goes on that we may be rooted and grounded in love. If God has a permanent unhindered access to our lives, our roots can grow deep into God's love and we will have nourishment and stability. Everything he's telling us right now is how we can stand firm in this world. Because when Christ dwells in our hearts, we become obedient. We, we become obedient because he's the one who's in charge. We are no longer in the driving seat of our lives. He becomes the master. Let us remember, he loved us first, so we ought to love him. And the only way we can love God is to be obedient. He goes further. He prays for revelation of God's love. He's not done. He said that you may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width, the length, the depth, the height to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you will be filled with, with all the fullness of God. Can you imagine that? To be filled with all the fullness of God. The word comprehend here in the Greek is katalambano. It means you come to an understanding of something and you hold on to it. You hold on to it. Through your studies, you hold on to this God's love. And then what happens? It becomes your lived experience through, through your meditation. So he's saying that we should catalambano God's love. We should apprehend it, lay hold of it through our studies of the word. So that we can come to a knowledge of it. The, the, Matthew Henry, who is a minister and theologian in the 17th century, he is known for the exposition of the Old, Old and New Testament. He says this about this verse. He says this, By the width of God's love, we may understand the extent of it to all ages, nations, and the rank of men. Is it coming up? I think this, the thing is giving trouble. That by the length of it, it continues for everlasting to everlasting. That by the depth of it, it stoops down to the lowest condition with a design to retrieve and to save those who are sunk deep into the depth of sin and misery. By the height of it, it is entitling, raising us up to the heavenly happiness and glory. 
I don't know about you, I'm so humbled by God's love. I'm so humbled. That's why it's a tragedy when we, the children of God, say, I am worthless. God doesn't love me. When you make a statement like that, it's, you're operating in ignorance. Go back to the book of Ephesians and read what God says about you. Read it and understand it so that you can be anchored and steadfast. Because when we doubt God's love, we shift our focus to other things. And when our focus is shifted, what happens? Sometimes we go astray, we go away from God. And this message is very important because Paul died for this message. He died for it. How much more should we value what he's saying? And he says, in case you are doubting what I have told you, he said, God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we ask or think according to the power that works in us. To him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. He's asking you, he's daring us, ask for this love. Ask for this enablement. Because everything concerning life has been done for us, has been given to us freely. It's been given to us freely. He's asking us, ask. Ask God to, 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 to empower you. Ask God to empower you to stand firm. Ask God to empower you to come to an understanding of his word. Ask God to empower you to, to stop your laziness so that you can stand firm. Whatever it is you're dealing with, ask God. And he said he's able to do exceedingly more than we can ever think or imagine. Here are some practical applications. We must know it. We must come to a place where we understand what Paul is trying to communicate here and stand firm in it. We must understand the vastness of the riches we have in Christ, which we must inherit through faith. Everything that Paul is telling us is we inherit it through faith. It's intangible, yet it is tangible. It becomes tangible through our faith. Then we must understand it. Through the study of God's word, we begin to understand it. Then we should possess it. We possess it through meditation. We don't, we don't just read God's word, we meditate upon it. We meditate upon it till it becomes our lived experience. And that's why the fourth point I have here is we must live it. We must live it. It must become our lived experience. What Paul is communicating here, he wants us all. Acquire the wealth by faith. The unsearchable riches of Christ. Then we invest it through our works. That's what he's saying. 